what kind of a legacy will you leave? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second half of a message given by Drew Peters in Salina in January 2019 to a men's group. Drew and his wife Tori are ministry directors for student mobilization at the University of Kansas in Lawrence. In the last podcast, Drew posed the question of what kind of legacy we wanted to leave, noting that we all leave some legacy, good or bad. But God uses normal people, so that's kernel of wheat. Lesson number one, God uh, uses normal people. Second is a kernel has infinite potential. A kernel has infinite potential. So, uh, biology quiz for you guys. How many seeds are in an apple? How many seeds are in an apple? If you Google it, you actually get two answers. So, either one, I'll give you either one. <laughs> give you a stab out there? One. One, okay. Six? Okay, that's one of the answers. It says five, but if you scroll a little bit further, it says some have six. So, five to six. Uh, now, how many apples are in a seed? Yeah, infinite, right? Uh, that's that's how I would sum that up. Uh, again, a little bit more Google research, which is all you do for research these days. Uh, a mature apple tree in one season can produce 420 pounds of apples. That's just one season. Each one of those apples has five, to five or six seeds. Infinite, right? The potential of one seed, infinite. God wants to multiply your life even more than that. Like, it's just what he's in the business of doing. If you think of the promises he was given to Abraham, the covenants throughout the Old Testament, and then just the vision he's always casting for his people. A couple times it's said in Isaiah 60, 22, he says it about his people like this. It says, the least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, the mighty nation. I am the Lord, and it's time I'll do this swiftly. Uh, Deuteronomy 1, 11 is a, another verse, sort of a prayer verse. It says, may the, Lord, the, the God of your ancestors increase you a thousand times, just as he has promised. Now, whether you think these promises apply to you or not, it shows God's heart and character. He wants to multiply. He gets the glory for that. Using a normal guy like you, you know all your faults. You know all the ways you're not qualified. He says, in your weakness, I'm made strong. I'm glorified in that. God wants to multiply our life. The potential of one life, impossible to calculate. This guy is is Dawson Trotman. Uh, People called him Dawson. He was born early 1900s, worked in a lumber yard as a truck driver. Very normal guy. Very competitive. He didn't grow up uh, religious or going to church much, but there was a competition at one point. If you memorized a certain amount of verses, you'd win. He's a very competitive guy, so he memorizes the verses he wins. Not a Christian, but he memorizes them. Later, God would use those verses to lead him to Christ. So he memorizes scripture into the kingdom. That's how he became a believer. God uh, used him in profound ways in the lives of other men. Dawson was very serious about your own relationship with God, being strong, but also that you should be multiplying. If you're, you should try to be a spiritual leader for others. You just turn around what God's given to you, you give to others. It doesn't have to be fancy. God begins to multiply Dawson's life in huge ways. So World War II is coming up. He's out near Hollywood, California. As World War II is coming up, a lot, of, a lot of sailors are starting to fill the area. He's having an amazing ministry with young men. It's multiplying so much in all these different ships that the FBI actually gets involved to start investigating why are there so many small groups of men meeting down in the bowels of ships? What are they doing down there? I think it's like a conspiracy thing. So they investigated. It all leads back to Dawson. They realize, oh, it's just a bunch of Christians doing Bible study. Not a big deal. It's just multiplying. People are seeing this. So there's a lot of believers out at Pearl Harbor. The Pearl Harbor attack happens. They get thrown all around the world, and they take Christ with them. 
and the gospel is being made known all around the world. God continues to use Dawson in a big way back in the States. It's estimated now, it's not for his glory, but for God's, that God multiplied his life into every single state. Men are following Christ in every single state, every continent, and every country in the world because of his life. He died about a decade later in the 50s. Not a long life, but a fruitful life that God multiplied. He had faults. You read his book, he had faults. He could be an angry guy at times. God multiplied his life. Tens of millions. This is Bill Bright. Bill Bright was a businessman out in California. Long story short, God used him to create a ministry after he'd been doing business for a while, Campus Crusade for Christ. It's estimated that they brought the gospel to over 2 billion people and that 572 million people have decided to follow Christ because of that ministry. Half a billion. Tens of millions, half a billion. This is Billy Graham. Uh, you're probably familiar with Billy Graham. If you're not, your parents definitely are. He's like the most spiritually influential guy, a lot of people would say, of the last century. Died just recently. They estimate that Billy Graham impacted in person 80 million people. <laughs> just in person, not the multiplication. That's insane to think about. Last guy here, Jim Rayburn, started Young Life Ministries. He's actually from Newton, Kansas, so just down the road. It's estimated that God has used him to impact millions of high school students. So tens of millions half a billion, tens of millions, millions, the potential of one life. But what if I told you they all actually had one person who impacted them? What if I told you that actually was a woman, a Sunday school teacher out in Hollywood, California, single woman named Henrietta Mears. Not a flashy woman, except for her hats. So she wore some flashy hats. My wife loves all the hat pictures. A great book about her is called Dream Big. Henrietta, long story short with her, uh, like I said, was not a flashy woman, was a Sunday school teacher in Hollywood, California. She was passionate about teaching the Bible and that people would read the Bible. The second thing she was passionate about is that you would dream big about the potential of your life. You think God used that? Huge. And we've never even heard of her, right? Like Very few people have heard of Henrietta. You've heard of the other guys. But all of them, God crossed her path with them and she made a profound impact on them. Never heard of her. Guarantee, though, when she went to heaven, celebration. Huge. Imagine how many people are going to go up to Henrietta Mears and thank her for the impact that she had on those guys. I'm going to. I've been impacted by guys that Dawson Trotman impacted and the other guys. Amazing to consider the potential of one life. Here's a quote from Henrietta. She said, there's no, there's no magic in small plans. When I consider my ministry, I think of the world. Anything less would not be worthy of Christ. She wanted people to dream big, to have eternal perspective, that God can multiply their life. Because we've got to die to multiply. God wants to multiply us. Now, probably the clearest verse, the most popular verse on like the mechanics of multiplication, spiritual multiplication, the idea of spiritual multiplication, is a verse in 2 Timothy uh, 2.2. Paul was like a spiritual father to Timothy, been mentoring him for years. Paul's about to die, writes this letter to Timothy, so it's his last words, and actually, I want to look at that verse that talks about spiritual multiplication, but I want, to, I want to focus on the verse right before it. So this idea of spiritual multiplication, this is how Paul sums it up to Timothy. It says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So if you didn't catch it there, there's a very specific sort of vision that Paul is giving Timothy. You could, you could depict it like this. Yet Paul impacting Timothy, 
and that Timothy was now supposed to take all of take the gospel and all of that training and pass it on to faithful men and women who are also qualified, though, to teach others. And so you have four generations there. Four generations of Paul impacting a Timothy. Timothy, I'm about to die. It's not about having these huge meetings where, you know, we're sharing, and all, he's like, hey, pass all this on to a few faithful men. Be faithful, find faithful. Be faithful, find faithful. Timothy, just find a few men, invest in them. That they would pass it on to others. That would multiply. So it's not about just me, but it's about, man, can I get you to lead other people to Christ? That's where multiplication really takes place. But I want to focus in on the verse right before it. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is key. Right before Paul talks about the kind of work Timothy's supposed to do, the vision for his life, hey, we've got to multiply this. He goes, hey, you've got to be strong in the grace that's in Christ. And so if I had to try to make that catchy, just be, we have to be strong in his grace to run the race. We've got this race that God's called us to. If we want to finish well, we want, we want to be obedient. We want to honor him along the way. We want him to be doing the work. We've got to be strong in his grace. And there's a lot of different ways. So we're saved by grace, but we also grow by grace. So even reading the Bible is really God graciously working through the word into my life. It's the Holy Spirit making me more like Christ. It's not me gritting my way to become more like Christ. It's, it is the grace of God working. And some means of grace, ways that God's pouring out grace into our life, it, it is opening up the Bible, is communing with him in prayer, is having people involved. I, Wes was mentioning like small groups. Like God has used small groups in my life in huge ways. I have other men I can share struggles with. Hey, this is how you can be praying for me, learning from them, being you know, challenged and sharpened by them, uh, stepping out in faith, etc., if I had to focus in on just like one thing, as we think about the next year coming up, I don't know where, I don't, I've barely got to know a few of you, so I don't know where you're at uh, spiritually, but as you think about the next year coming up, if there's one thing that you don't neglect, what if you don't neglect the Bible? Reading it, trying to study it, trying to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Uh, I, I realize there's a million things going on in a room like this. But if there's one thing we don't neglect, it's being strong in our personal relationship with Christ through the Word. You've never consistently read the Bible before? Maybe just shoot for like three to four times a week. And God, that, I mean, that will take care of it. Like, God, if, if you allow Him to work in your life, He will multiply your life as you're strong in His grace. And it's just simply stepping out after that. Uh, that is really, it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's not easy, but it's simple. Uh, just stepping out and trusting his grace and you to work into other people. I love my wife's uncle, Tim. Uh, Tim has been a Christian for years, but he just recently started growing a lot. He would tell you that. Uh, his job out in KC is basically he leads these small groups of CE, CEOs and um, VPs. He does like consulting and holistic development for groups of these very, and they, their company has to be worth like more than 10 million. So there's some very successful guys. He's leading these small groups. Well, God, he was getting coffee with one of the VPs. God laid it on his heart. Hey, you should ask him about his faith. You know, and when you start thinking about that, it's like, man, I don't want to ruffle feathers. This is, I get nervous. Hey, this is a lot of money. You know, I can mess this up. God just keeps pushing, putting it on his heart. And if you've had that before, you know what I'm talking about. You start getting a little choked up. It's like, I don't need to go there. Maybe next time. We'll see if I get an opportunity later. Tim goes for it. He says, hey, man, uh, I think maybe his name is Mike. Say, hey, Mike, are you a spiritual guy? And uh, Mike was like, well, I, 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 I guess, yeah, I'd I, I'd say so. I mean, I, I don't. 
think about it a whole lot, but I, I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in that. And they, they talk a little bit longer, and, and Mike basically says something like, you know, I, I, I want to get into it. I just don't know where I would start. And Tim goes, well, uh, Mike, uh, it's like his first time. He's out of I." We could meet up next month, and I could show you how to read the Bible. And Mike gets tears in his eyes. Because you do that for me? Yeah, I'd love to. I was talking to Tim. Tim goes, man, that was the most satisfying thing in a long time. Doing the work of God is so satisfying, and it's never in vain. We do a lot of things in vain. I root for the Chiefs every year, okay? It's, it's part of it. I was nervous up until that last touchdown. Are you guys with me? Like, you know, there was a sigh of relief after that last one. We do a lot of things in life that are in vain, or we're hoping it's going to work out. God guarantees there's something that's never in vain. That's the best investment you can make, right? You can put, I'd be putting money into that every single month. It's not in vain. God says it. First Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, leading up to this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, it's just been talking about the resurrection and how important the resurrection is. If that happened, then Jesus is God and it changes everything. We have his power in us. In verse 57, it says we have victory over sin through the Holy Spirit by the power of the resurrection displayed. Nothing is in vain because that's true. Nothing's in vain. It ain't. Anything we do for him, anything we attempt, is not in vain. Well, I want to close with this, this woman right here. I wish I could shake her hand. Uh, this woman has more character in her pinky than I do my whole body uh, did. Uh, she's a hero. That's Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman was a, a slave uh, leading up to Civil War, a terrible time in our country's past, and uh, escaped to the North, got free. Free. Never has to worry about it again. That's her right. God lays it on Harriet Tubman's heart, though. What about my brothers and sisters who still aren't free? What about them? I'm experiencing freedom. But what if I don't use that freedom to bring it to others? Like, isn't that sort of selfish? And so at risk to her, her freedom, but really her life, she takes a trip back to the South, sneaks in, sneaks out with a few people, a few slaves. Freedom. She does it again. 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 At cost to her, <laughs> her life. Thirteen times. She goes south, back to the north. Underground Railroad is how, is how we describe that. Saves 70 men and women, children. They would you know, go on to marry and multiply themselves. And I think, what a, what a powerful story. The laying down her rights that others could have freedom and full life. What a parallel for us. That out of what God's done in our life, out of the gratitude of the freedom we have in Christ, the purpose we have, the peace, the contentment, the joy, that we would turn around and want that for others. Simple as that. Uh, that we would be grateful for what God has done in our life and we just try to take some initiative and give that to others. And that God would, as we die, He would multiply our lives. That we'd leave a legacy that outlives our life. To do that, we've got to be strong in His grace. Now, I'm going to pray for us. Uh, and then we're going to have a couple discussion questions sort of with those two ideas. Hey, as you think about the year, what could it look like for you to be strong in His grace, like reading the Bible or praying, etc., how your personal relationship with God, and another question about how does it in, the idea of multiplication inspire you? What do you think is a step you could take uh, when it comes to that area? So I'll pray for us, and we'll do a couple discussion questions, and then I think Ryan's going to come up after that. Well, God, we thank you, we do thank you for the life we have in Christ. If we know you, we know 
true life. We know forgiveness. We know peace. We know purpose. And we know this mission that you have us on, uh, this co-mission, because it's with you. We're doing it in conjunction with you. You're really working in us and through us. And so, God, I do pray, though, that you would multiply this room as we're strong in your grace. That you'd strengthen us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, those are excellent questions for us to consider, aren't they? As you think about the next 12 months, what does it look like for you to be strong in His grace? How will you grow in your walk with the Lord? Maybe reading your Bible on a regular basis, praying, meeting with someone, and so on. The second question Drew asked was, how does the idea of multiplication inspire you and what will you do about that? I hope you and I will take the time to ponder those two questions today and this week. Join us next time as we hear from our speaker for the fall conference, Mr. Dave Hastings, as he talks about prayer, right here on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.